Well, welcome to uh, a new episode of REP. And today we will be sharing a resource uh, called Family Matters Parent Training Information Center that's located in Effingham, Illinois. And we have Abby Mars with us. She is an informational specialist. Um, and she will be educating us a little bit on this resource. Hi, Abby. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm really excited uh, for our listeners to hear about this resource. I feel like there's a couple resources here in our area that I am constantly telling parents about, directing parents to you guys, uh, and you guys definitely are one of them. Uh, I was just going to go ahead and read your mission statement for our listeners, and then we'll follow up with some questions. Sounds great. The mission of the Family Matters Parent Training and Information Center is to build upon families' strengths, empower parents and professionals to achieve the strongest possible outcomes for students with disabilities, and to enhance the quality of life for children and young adults with disabilities. So I guess, Abby, I'll go ahead and just ask you to, instead of questioning, I guess just if you want to tell us a little bit um, about how you do that within that mission statement. Absolutely. So here, um, let's start out with IDEA or the federal regulations regarding special education. That um, was formerly known as the Handicapped Children App, um, Act, and it, it changed among the years. I could go into lots of things about that, but under IDEA, it states that each state has to have at least one parent training and information center. And Family Matters serves as that training and information center for 94 counties in Illinois, so we serve everyone outside the Chicagoland area. We do that um, in many, many different ways, but our main goal is to help empower the parent or caregiver or the student themselves to become their own strong self-advocate and understand their rights and responsibilities related to special education. Wow. And so how, what are some of the services that Family Matters offers? Well, we're comparable to a call center for sure. So parents, caregivers, schools, students will call us and ask questions regarded to their spe their special education needs or maybe navigating, starting to navigate the special education process. And we can help them by reviewing current records, helping to write letters to school staff. We provide trainings to parents, students, and school staff about understanding um, special education rights and responsibilities, um, different aspects of different areas of special education, highlighting different diagnoses, um, the list goes on and on. So definitely I would say the call center is the, the main bulk of what we do, um, but the trainings is a very close second. For the trainings, is that, are they events or how do parents find out about these trainings? Yeah, so we um, are really gung-ho on social media for Facebook, Instagram, and uh, I don't think we have a TikTok anymore because there's new TikTok rules, but um, but we share a lot of information on social media and our website talking about upcoming trainings. Those are all done virtually, but we do have some that are done in person still, but since COVID, there's been, you know, kind of a hard shift to in-person training, so most of ours are done virtually. Those are usually presented by myself or Carrie on various topics, but we do 
do invite other professionals into the mix about certain areas. Like we have an upcoming one in August that's done by a really amazing individual. He's a law enforcement officer up by um, the Wisconsin border, and he's developed a specialized training to help parents understand interaction between their kids on the spectrum and law enforcement. So we're super excited for that one that's Neat. upcoming. Mm-hmm. We have one with um, Infinitech coming up, you know, talking about assistive technology. Uh, we do offer some trainings in Spanish, so we're growing for sure. Yeah, that's great. Um, I also see one on your website. So just to the listeners, um, Abby mentioned her website that they have, um, and they have listed here upcoming events. It looks like there's... Um, an educational surrogate parent training in person on June 15th, which Mm -hmm. is just next week. Yeah, we carry the Educational Surrogate Parent Training Grant for the Illinois State Board of Education, which means myself, uh, I trained individuals who are interested in becoming a surrogate parent. And a surrogate parent is someone that serves as a parent at an IEP meeting for a student who does not have parents they're in custody of the state of Illinois, let's put it that way. So they may be at a residential facility and DCFS custody, be an unaccompanied homeless youth in Illinois. But these are these are kiddos that need the support of that parent role, and I train you to fill that position. I love how um, you guys get other all everybody involved, you know, as mm-hmm. whether you have a loved one with special needs or disabilities or you just have a calling or maybe a heart to help out. Sure. Um, get a lot of retired mentioned- teachers that want to be ESPs, which is amazing. And, um, of course, family members, and um, we're venturing now into some college students. We've reached out and made some connection at different colleges. So grad students that are going into special education or related fields, um, we're asking them to be educational surrogate parents, which is a great way to get your feet wet, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, And then you mentioned the assistive technology, Mm -hmm. um, one in June. And then I noticed one June 28th, IEPs versus 504 plans, which I think a lot of parents um, do probably call in about the differences between the two. Absolutely, absolutely, sure do. And um, there's a lot of confusion surrounding that. It's going to be hard to get that information into the one-hour time slot that I've got going for it. But I have children that have, I have one of my, my, middle son has a 504 plan and my other three have an IEP. So even learning about a 504 when Brian um, was found eligible for the 504 uh, was hard to understand the difference. I'd only ever done IEP. So um, I really tried to educate myself as much as possible then. And uh, so we've developed a PowerPoint to kind of explain both of those differences to parents or caregivers or (laughs) school staff. Sure. And just reading over your bio, um, So my listeners, you can go in and, you know, check out the bios of the staff that work at Family Matters. And so just reading about yours, Abby, you um, definitely have been a parent as well as, you know, just you know, being on staff there. So you can really understand. kind of a grant requirement. So Carrie and I are both, um, we are the two information specialists that serve here at Family Matters. And it is part of our job requirement to be a parent that their child has um, taken advantage of special education services. So we have to be able to relate to and understand parents or caregivers or students themselves when they call in. 
Okay. I think that's helpful. I really do. It's a it's a good balance to learn to um, talk on the phone with someone and share how you um, can relate to what they're going through without pulling away from what they're going to. But um, yes, very much. It's it's a good quality I think for both of us to have. Yeah, and it just you're just very resourceful in that way because you have walked that road. Um, so I don't think you mentioned on this, but you guys operate under a grant. So are there any fees to any of your services? Um, you pay taxes. That's your fee. So we, okay. we don't charge a thing. Yes, we don't charge a thing to parents. Now, diff- other agencies like educational agencies or maybe a community agency that would like us to train their staff, there is fee required there. That's something that our executive director takes care of, not me. Um, but okay. um, for parents, students, or caregivers, it's completely free. Okay. Um, so I guess I have a question here. What is the best way or what is the best way as parents to help our child's IEP team or 504 plan team know about our affiliation with Family Matters? So it's remember, and it's hard sometimes depending on the situation when you go in that meeting, that you're sitting at a round table, not a table with different sides. You're both, you're, you, the, team, the team is you. You are part of that team. The parent is the captain of that team. And you're all working to the common goal of getting the best education possible for your child. So going into there going, you know, saying, oh, I spoke with Family Matters and they said this, this, and this, make sure we're doing that in a non-confrontational way. You know, express, hey, I'm working with Family Matters and I just watched this really cool training about dysgraphia. And I really think that Ethan, this is my son, I'm sorry, Ethan may have dysgraphia. This is exactly what I did. And I said, I learned a lot about it. I wanted to share this resource. And and can we talk about maybe an evaluation for it? Other than going into the meeting saying, I called Carrie today, and I'm for sure my kid has dysgraphia, and she says you have to evaluate. There's a tone Mm. there. You know, there's a tone. Because we are here for the school, too. And I was going to mention that in a little bit. we send flyers and uh, brochures out to schools in those 94 counties once a year. That's what we do all summer, all summer long. And we say, hey, do you want to work on more family engagement? Can we present um, you know, a PowerPoint or a webinar or a training in person to your families and work on that engagement por- portion? So we're there for the schools. And I have educators call me three, four times a week saying, I'm working with a student. I don't know what to do. Can you give me some resources? Can you give me some guidance in this direction? Wow. Great. I love to hear that because um, I think oftentimes that is probably the biggest uh, thing for a parent to know how to approach a school about that because, you know, like you said, it's a round table. We're building a bridge with the school, with the resources that we have. And so I love the example that you gave there. Yeah. And we have a lot of parents. The first thing they'll say when they call here is I'm in need of an advocate. I got to get this done. And I really think parents need to look at advocate as a verb instead of a noun. You're in in search of advocacy. You're in search of someone to help you find those resources, to help you educate yourself and feel prepared. I tell parents all the time, go on that. We all are all our webinars that we've that we do now our website only lets us put 100 of them on there but they're all archived and you can click on those links and watch them play that in the background while you're cooking dinner uh, or in the car uh, don't watch it obviously while you're driving but get the lingo going in your head the more you educated yourself and the more comfortable you get with this lingo when you go into that IEP meeting you're not going to feel as intimidated because when they throw out words like LRE and ESY or um, 
standard academic performance, you're going to be familiar with those phrases, and it just helps you feel more at ease while you're in that build, in that meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so back to social media, um, I know that you guys, besides your website, uh, you also do, you have Facebook and you do mm -hmm. Facebook Lives. Tell us about yes. that. Yeah, so the first Tuesday of every month during the school year, we hold a parent-to-parent -parent chat on our Facebook Live. It's over a half an hour lunch break, and we vary the topics of what they're going to be about, and we encourage parents to jump on. I'm not super great with the coming in on screen yet. We've tried it, and there's a little bit of a lag there, but it's really nice to go back and forth, and let's let's talk about um, ESY services or um, extended school year services. and maybe you yourself are struggling with trying to get your child approved for or evaluated for ESY. And I get on there and I spend that much time, just a, a little bit of time explaining what it is and how it relates to FAPE or free and appropriate public education. And then I open it up to the platform for parents to talk among themselves. It's a great way if I've got a parent that maybe is sharing um, not sharing the correct information at no fault to them that I can correct that and they can share that in a different way. Or parents ask another parent, I really want Mikey to have ESY, but my school just says he doesn't qualify. What are some other options? What are some educational things I can do during the summer? And then other parents are saying, well, we're going to day camp at Camp New Hope or we're um, working on IXL math skills over the summer. So it's a great way for parents to almost like that support group element back to it, but in a very small time frame where people can make that work in their schedule. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if you go back, you can replay it. That's I feel like that's what I've done each time because I'll, I'll miss it. I'll be like, oh, shoot, I just yep. missed that half hour yep. time. But I'm able to go back and read the comments of what other parents had said. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been very helpful. Uh, last time I talked with you, you were mentioning about some programming that you do within the schools. Oh, yes, yes. I'm, it's, can it's you talk about of, that a little absolutely. bit? Absolutely. It's my uh, one of my favorite parts of the job. So. Transition age youth are youth 14 and a half and older that receive special education services in Illinois. And this, at that point, um, Illinois School Code says that we have to start developing a uh, transition plan. And basically a small version of what a transition plan is a map, a roadmap, and supports of how we're going to get the student to the goal they want to have when they're finished with their educational services. That looks different for everybody. It doesn't mean the day you turn 18. It doesn't mean when your class graduates. It looks different for everybody having that IEP. So we um, we worked with Pacer and we worked with InSource out of Indiana, which is their PTI, and they developed a really, really awesome curriculum that helps students understand their IEP and what it is about and how it pertains to them, because most students I work with when I go in the schools have no idea they have an IEP or why they have an IEP. Um, so it's going to help them understand that part. And then the second part of that curriculum under, helps them understand their transition plan and helps them get it back to what they want and the supports they want for their transition plan. So we're super excited to offer that to schools this fall. So we're sending out lots of emails and letters saying we can offer this. And then I work once a month in the Shelbyville School District. I go in and we have like a lunch session together with the uh, self-contained transition classroom and then um, general education students come as well through their PALS program. I can't say enough about Shelbyville School District's high school transition class. I, I love their class. Um, and we work together on social skills. So we've been doing some social skills curriculum, and this year we're going to um, weave in a little bit of executive functioning curriculum in there too. So we're very excited. So have you gotten some feedback from the teachers with that program mm -hmm. as far as um, what students maybe have expressed about how they feel about the programming? 
Yes, I have. Um, so on my, I'm from Shelbyville, so I had some um, personal connections with the teacher there. My daughter um, is in the classroom, and now my youngest will be in that classroom next year as well. And I reached out to her, explained what I wanted to try, and she was all for it. But I was worried that the kids were going to be super bored during it and not really like understand and take in. The teacher has not seen that. They seem to be excited for me to come that Thursday of the month, and then I've heard some, like, verbiage that I've used during training used in the hallways of the school, like, uh, for example, bullying. We, we did a whole chapter on bullying and what bullying is, and I, I had heard another student say, I feel like this person's bullying me, and then another student looked at her and said, now, bullying is a big word. You know, there's different ways that we bully, and there's different ways that people are just jerks. Let's talk about which one yours is. And that is exactly what I did in the curriculum. So there's two youth using the curriculum or the this, this lesson that I taught and applying it to what they're doing in their everyday lives. So to me, that sounds like, you know, that they're they're really using it. I was I was happy with that. Yeah, that is that is so empowering. Yes, I was very, very impressed by that for sure. And it wasn't my own kids, so it's not like the one that has to hear it all the time. It was somebody <laughs> else, but yeah. That's excellent. I'm hoping that maybe we can get that in our school district as well. You yeah, guys can... yeah, absolutely. We've um, definitely sent an email. So yeah. Great, great. Um, okay, let's see if I have anything else here. Um Is there, uh, I guess I did ask if you had, which you kind of are telling me about certain experiences, but um, can you think of another experience um, of a parent either calling in or family getting assistance through you guys? Just kind of a little bit of a example, uh, give parents a picture of what that might look like. Yeah, we have, uh, I mean, definitely different stories that stand out where I have or carry as assisted families with, with what they're, we're usually the parents' first point of contact when they're in a crisis situation. They don't feel like the school is communicating well with them. They feel like their child's denied services. Maybe they're really scared about a situation that's going on at school. And um, when I can, you know, sometimes we get people that will cry on the phone because they're so upset and they're nervous. And by the end of that phone call, if they feel hope, and they feel like they're headed in the right direction, I know that my degree in social work was worth it. You know, like mm. that that's what I feel like. So I am um, I my son is will be twenty next month. I can't even yeah, he's gonna be twenty. Uh significantly affected by autism. I was in college when I had him and then took the break until he went back to kindergarten like everybody does. And then we chose to residentially place David when he was fifteen. So he is at the Hope School in Springfield, driving, doing awesome. And um, at that point, I thought, you can either sit here and cry and wallow in your self-pity because you're struggling with all these emotions related to residential, or you can pull your pants up and go back to school. So that's what I did. And I um, got my associate's degree and applied here, and now I'm that close, super, super, like three classes away from my bachelor's. So I just keep going at it. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's great. I yes. love hearing that. Yes. So, um, and I've learned a lot of things in myself as a parent, and parents teach me so many things, so many things. And I've, 
I've learned a lot to, that's helped my own kids. So I definitely think that's like I can speak with one parent about an issue. Uh, that's how I found out my son had dysgraphia, honestly. I had a parent call in talking about her son's need related to his specific learning disability of dysgraphia. I Googled it. I started reading it. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is my kid to a T. And um, we went and got some evaluations done. He got a diagnosis. And so I would never have known had that parent not called with a concern she had re- regarding her son's reading accommodations. Wow. So that itself is powerful. Um, we work a lot with parents on inclusion and their child's right to um, participate as much as possible in the general education classroom, which is least restrictive environment. You'll hear me talk about that a lot. Um, those are great because then those those students are able to thrive in an environment that maybe a school wasn't comfortable putting in because they've never tried it before. So that's all. You know, I never really try to come back to a parent and say, yeah, your school is wrong. Those words don't come out of my mouth. But we always say this is a learning experience. Let's go forth and and go with it. And I think schools really appreciate that. Wow, that's great. As far as my experience with you guys so far, I'd love to dive in a little bit more and maybe do some trainings, listen to some more webinars. Um, My son Landon's kind of in that transition age now. And Mm -hmm. I've been really pleased with the school so far um, on programming for him and how he's responding to everything. Um, I guess more so with my experience for with Family Matters would be that I would have a parent contact REP um, and then I would shoot one of you guys an email mm-hmm. and I would get immediate answers like from yeah. Carrie, like she would email me forms about, okay, well, this is this is the protocol for this. And this is what, how this particular situation would work. So then I'm able to give that to parents and it's just been really great. Just when parents can just get a quick answer, um, you know, on an issue that they're having, it's, it's just really wonderful and so helpful. And so that's probably, and then the uh, Facebook lives, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. I enjoy re-listening to those. And um, and everybody always, kind of like, there's always a chance to win a door prize during those Facebook oh, lives. Yeah, that's right. And um, they're usually books or some kind of educational material, but they're usually pretty good resources, you know, that we send out as far as door prizes go. And um, so everybody enjoys that. And then there's the chance, too, to know about our upcoming events that are coming up. Or a parent can even say at that time, wow, I really do think I have a problem with my, I, my kids IEP and I really need someone's help, then we can send you a message and say, let's set up a time to talk, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. We, we don't typically have a parent that will say, I've been trying to call for days and not get a response. We're usually pretty good right on top of that. Same way with the email. So there's always the ability to text or email us and uh, where we respond to those messages as well. So we're usually, well, and, and, it. and it's, and it seems like um, I have seen where a parent and a school I'll hear kind of just listening to both sides and I can really see where the communication has broken down. Mm -hmm. And I love that family matters the way you guys can come in and you can support the parent and, um, you know, help them to see that perspective a little bit more clear, um, just to find that common ground and that bridge to build on. And so I I really, I do want to mention, 
you know, even after we, the parent and I work together for, let's say, a week before their meeting and they still are, have some reservations and feel like they still need some support in that meeting, we have access then to our volunteer advocacy program. So our volunteer ag advocacy program is a 12-week uh, training program we do for volunteers. It's all done virtually and they take uh, 12 weeks worth of classes, two hours a piece, so not too crazy. And um, then they, they can serve as volunteer advocates for parents at meetings, whether it be virtual or in person. We have like a system in which a, when we work with a parent and they still really feel like they need the support of that advocate even after we've went over all the things, then we can email those people and say, I have this parent living in this district that needs the support. Is anybody available? If that is not, and like there's also Center for Independent Livings um, that can offer advocacy support. So we may put a parent in touch with their local Center for Independent Living or other agencies like the Illinois Assistive Technology Program Employees and Advocate. So we if if and I, I really want to stress this because um, when you Google advocacy services in Illinois for special education, we we come up first, and so we have a lot of parents that will call and say, "I need the support of an advocate." And then when it's explained to them that we don't can't attend a meeting with you, but this is how we can support you with advocacy, some of them sometimes are let down. So we did develop that option to say, if you still feel like you need the support of someone to go to a meeting with you, this is a person through our agency that's trained and serves as a volunteer, so again, no cost to you, or here's a contact for your local Center for Independent Living. And, and then, of course, we always share Equip for Equality and, and things like that for, for the parents as well. Um, yeah, so you guys just kind of created that service within mm -hmm. what you guys already do. Yeah, I don't think you can beat the training the parent, like you mm -hmm. had mentioned earlier, the fact if we can just empower parents, give them the tools that they need to be the advocate that they need to be, then sure. that's that's the best case scenario. Well, you know, Family Matters was a different agency before. It, it started out as a family support system, and it was started in 1989 by uh, Debbie Einhorn and Nancy Mater. Nancy retired with our program last year. Deb's on her way out the door this year. So that started as a family support system. Basically, it was um, a place where parents could call and gather resources, like someone could give them resources about different issues that they were experiencing. And from what I understand, the biggest issue they had was special education-related related topics. So at that point, uh, Nancy and Deb really reached out and um, wrote in and asked for the grant to serve as the PTI for Illinois, uh, for not the Chicagoland area of, of Illinois. So um, and that's how we started. So yeah, now I, yeah, I worked with um, Family Supports before it was Family Matters, and I worked with an advocate that worked through the program. And uh, so we, uh, yeah, so we worked, um, I worked then, so I understood how that worked. So it's a great program. Landon just came in to say hi. Yes. Hi, Almost Landon. done, buddy. And, but it doesn't stop being a parent, does it? No, it does not. Not whatsoever. Not whatsoever. <laughs> even well, when they're 20. I, even when they're 20. So. Oh, my. Yeah. So you had mentioned about your son. And hi. I definitely feel like maybe we could do a few more of these podcasts. Yes. And I'd love to learn about the... Uh, the facility or the center uh, yeah. that your son is being educated in. That'd be um, wonderful. I'd love to hear more about that. So I am going to ask families to comment once we post the launch the podcast. Families can um, comment some topics or areas of interest or concerns that they may have that we can um, address in upcoming podcasts. Be wonderful. Um, and just in closing, I always like to make an appeal uh, to the families to call in for the support. You know, you've heard Abby 
um, give this amazing presentation on all of the vast services that Family Matters offers, all the support. Um, and so I just want to put that out to my listeners. Just make the phone call. I know it's really hard sometimes just to pick the phone up. You feel a little lost. You're not sure what the uh, what the person on the other end sounds like. So with these podcasts, I think it's really great for the listeners to hear you, Abby, to hear your voice. Sure. Um, in a way, sometimes when we listen to podcasts, we almost feel like we know the person that was Absolutely. talking. And so um, make make the phone call, see how Family Matters can assist you and your family, whether you're in a crisis or uh, just more about pre- preventing and, and learning how you can support your loved ones a little bit more, whether you be the parent, grandparent, spouse, sibling, or a neighbor even. Um, sure. We need the support, the community support. So it's very, very helpful. I agree. Um, I'll include contact information on the posting also, uh, website and phone numbers. Lastly, what is a book, author, or podcast that has inspired you, Abby, that you'd like to share? Inspired me as just a person or inspired me as a mom? (laughs) It actually can be anything. Um, Sometimes I think we need that uh, indulgence in other areas where we kind of get outside of that special needs world or that mom world. So it can be be I found that out the hard way. So I was, um, my son requires a a significant amount of care. And our lives for 15 years, and it's still in some way, revolved completely around his needs. We didn't go many places as a couple, as a family, um, you know, his siblings have also, you know, there's lots of support for siblings out there. I didn't mention that during our podcast, but we have a lot of resources for siblings too. I feel like that is an un, unspoken area of special education we don't address, address much. But um, for so sure. when Davin was placed, when we placed Davin, um, we start, I started to really discover who I was as a person again. And the Crime Junkie podcast um, really helped me to do that. I, I know that sounds funny. And I liked what you said about really feeling like you know a person through their podcast. I approached Ashley Flowers in the Indianapolis airport like we were besties. <laughs> So I did. And, you know, and I gave this big spill to her about how I was going through a rough time and listened to her podcast. Um, So I I would say anything that makes you happy, I don't care how you feel. I don't care if it's Fifty Shades of Grey and it makes you happy to sit and read it or listen to it. You do what you do you and you find your way to shine within because then everything else in in your life starts to bloom. So, you know, me going back to school, me doing all these things have have sprouted from something that was bad and something that was hard, but mm-hmm. we made the best out of it as a family. And um, now I feel like I, I finally found a really good purpose. Not that being David's mom and full-time caregiver wasn't a great purpose. It's just life decided there would needed to be a shift. And um, yeah, so I, I, I love, 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 love podcasts. Um, I'm a big paranormal person, huge. So I've read a lot of paranormal books that are kind of like, make insightful mind decisions. So um, I feel like I'm constantly with work reading something related to special education, and that gives me a minute to um, kind of decompress from that. Yeah, just a little bit of an escape, I feel like. And then we can kind of get ourselves together and be like, okay, what do I need to do now? (laughs) I need to look up social stories. Yes, yes, yes. So that gives me a minute. But that's really neat, too, when you have that other aspect, because I might have, like, I had a mom, no joke, called a couple weeks ago to discuss her son's 504 plan, and they were struggling. And she's like, your voice sounds so familiar. And we just kept talking and kept talking. And she's like, and you're from where? And I told her I'm from where? And she's like, 
this is going to sound really weird, but do you work at Ashmore Estates? And I'm in Ashmore Estates, for those listeners that don't know, is a uh, the former poor poor farm for Coles County. It's um, is like a historical location now that's opened up for paranormal tours. And yes, I do work there. I'm a tour guide. And it was just funny. Like we got to talking about things that we had in common. And it led to that. And she's like, I've heard you on so-and-so's YouTube channel. So that was really neat, the connection there. So yeah. yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I love that. Well, I want to close by just um, thanking you, Abby, for all the information that you shared. Um, just putting yourself out there so that parents can uh, be inspired, um, not only by what you've done as a parent um, uh, within Family Matters um, and just in your life with your children, what you've went through. You know, thank you for all my listeners. Uh, be sure to comment, like I said, for topics that you'd like to hear more about. Um, and I end usually with an encouraging quote. So this is the quote for this podcast. Note to self, when things feel overwhelming, remember one thought at a time, one task at a time, and one day at a time. And until next time, you know your child best and you are your child's best advocate. So Abby, thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. I loved it. It was great. Okay, have a great day. You too. I can't wait to do this again. For sure.